are now listening to Corrupted Hearts Podcast. Get ready to dive deep into crime, conspiracy, and all things corrupted. Hello friends, I'm your host Brooklyn and this is Corrupted Arts. Welcome to the first episode of hopefully many, many more. I am somewhat new to podcasting, at least new to actually putting my work out there. I did take a podcasting class for college and I found it so fun. True crime is something that I'm super passionate about and I love to talk about it. So I figured what better way to do it than to start a podcast. So as I said, I'm new to this, and it's something that I'll be learning along the way, but I'm so excited to start this journey and take anyone who will listen along with me. Enough of all of that. We are now going to start to get into the case. I picked this one because it's one that I've heard a lot about, and I am fairly familiar with it. If you haven't heard of the murder of James Bulger, then I'm hoping to bring more awareness to it. And if you have heard of it, then I hope to shed some light on something about the case that you may not have even known about. Either way, I do hope you enjoy it, and let's get into it. James Bulger was born on March 16, 1990, in Liverpool in the UK. His parents are Ralph and Denise Bulger, and James was an absolute light in his family. He loved to make people laugh, and he always had this huge smile on his face. Um, His mom absolutely doted about his big smile and wanting to make people laugh. He was a very happy toddler, and he loved dancing to Michael Jackson videos. But unfortunately, James's life was tragically cut short just one month before he turned three. In 1993, James and his mother Denise were out shopping at a shopping center in Boodle, Merseyside in England. What was a normal happy day at first quickly turned into a nightmare for his mother, Denise. Little did she know the two 10-year-old boys that were going to end her son's life were feet away and seeking out an easy target. Denise was distracted very shortly, very shortly. When I say shortly, she was just talking to this man inside the butcher shop and she took her eyes off of little James for seconds and when she looked back he was gone. John Venables and Robert Thompson, both only 10 years old, were already on their way out of the shopping center with James Bulger by their sides. CCTV footage in the shopping mall captured the abduction as the two boys guided James away from his mother and towards the exit of the mall. You're probably wondering how no one could have noticed this abduction. Surely the mall was full of people and that had plenty of opportunity to stop this from happening and save James's life. Well, a total of 38 people saw the three boys together and no one decided to intervene. Well, that was after Venables and Thompson's Thompson <laughs> claimed that they were all brothers believing them and thinking that they all three were just brothers they saw no threat and did nothing to stop them i just i want to go ahead and warn you that this next part will get a bit graphic i will be talking about the harming and killing of a child i know that some people can't listen to something like that i completely understand it 
you can go ahead and skip forward if you'd like to. John Venables and Robert Thompson led James Bulger to the Leeds and Liverpool Canal. They then dropped him on his head, where he gained several facial injuries. After this, they took him to the Walton, near the train tracks, where they continued to hurt poor James. Venables and Thompson brutally tortured James before his death. They threw bricks at him, kicked him, splattered paint into his eyes, and even put batteries into his mouth. James ultimately died after suffering injuries from the boys dropping a 10-kilogram iron bar onto his head, which is about 22 pounds. He suffered 10 skull fractures alone from this senseless act. After the two boys had apparently had their fun and James was laying there dead, they picked him up and put his body on the train tracks, hoping that a train would come by, making his death look like an accident. They piled rocks and dirt on top of James's head to weigh him down. Like, why they did this after already killing him is beyond me, and I will never understand it. It's not like James was going to get up and walk away if a train was coming for him. He was already dead. Like, they had, you had already done enough. You had your fun. Um, John Venables and Robert Thompson then left the scene. And after this, unfortunately, a train did end up coming by and cut James's body in half. His body was found two days later. I just, this case makes me feel physically sick. I can't imagine how James was feeling in his last moments. Like, I mean, he, he probably really wanted his parents and just really wanted to get away from these boys that he probably thought he could trust. He, he didn't deserve any of this. He was just a baby, and he had so much life ahead of him. I, I can't imagine it. However, he would get some sort of justice. Not only was there evidence at the scene of the crime that tied these two boys to James's murder, but a woman recognized John Venables from the CCTV footage that the police ended up sharing. The paint that was found at the crime scene and on James's body was also found on their clothing, and they were charged on February 20th, 1993. On November 24th of the same year, 1993, John Venables and Robert Thompson were both found guilty of the murder of James Bolger. They became the youngest murderers of the 20th century. Both Venables and Thompson were given a minimum of eight years at a juvenile detention center. Minors under the age of 15 could not be sent to prison. 18? I meant 15. <laughs> could not be sent to prison, so this was apparently their best bet. They spent the minimum of eight years in the detention center and were both released in 2001. In return for their words of being rehabilitated and saying they would no longer break the law, they were granted new identities, which for John Venables meant absolutely fucking nothing. In 2008, seven years after being released, he was arrested for getting in a fight while highly intoxicated. He was only given a formal warning for the fighting and for his possession of a Class A drug, cocaine. He still apparently had not learned his lesson, though, and the formal warnings were just not enough. Because two years later, 
He was arrested and sent to prison after he was found with images that depicted child sex abuse. He was granted release in 2013, but was brought right back to prison in 2017 for the same reason, images of child sex abuse. He was then sentenced to 40 months in prison. Venable's identity was changed three different times since getting out of the detention center because it had been compromised every single time. Robert Thompson has not reoffended as of now, and in 2010, it was reported that he was in a long-term relationship with a man who knows his actual identity. This case has a lot to unpack. I think that some people can change. Venables obviously has not, clearly, but it seems like Thompson was able to turn his life around, for all that we know, at least. I am not sure if I fully agree with the minimum of eight years that they both received for killing an innocent child who did absolutely nothing to them. So these boys, now men, took a two-year-old away from his family forever. He can never come back and they get to continue with their lives when James can't. It doesn't seem fully fair to me, but I was also not in charge of the situation, so I guess that's, that's just how it's got to be. The murder of James Bulger is a case that needs to live on forever. His voice that was taken from him far too soon deserves to be heard, and spreading it is the only way that we can do that now. I think that's why this topic was so important to me. Because he, he was innocent. Like, he didn't ask for this. He he maybe didn't even know any better. Maybe back then, like, there wasn't really that discussion as much, I guess, as it is now. I know when I have kids that I'm going to instill so deeply in them that it doesn't matter what age, what they look like, who they say they're related to, or who they know. They're going to know that if that's not directly coming from me, that it's okay to do that, and even in, the, in those cases, something could still happen, that they need to stay away, that they need to say no, that they don't need to be going with these people. And I just hope that this episode was eye-opening and that it brings more awareness to James's story. He was at the beginning of his life, and it was so savagely taken from him. I want to thank anyone, everyone, so much for if you took the time to listen to this first episode of Corrupted Hearts, and I'm hoping that this will be something that you want to continue listening to. This is definitely just a short little tidbit of a podcast. I definitely plan on having more long-formed cases, more in-depth situations, conspiracies, all sorts of stuff, and I hope that that's a journey that you are willing to come along with me on. But thank you so much for listening, and I will see you in the next episode of Corrupted Hearts.